As you know, we love um, to share the good news, um, but sometimes we have um, news that is sad and disappointing. And um, the dep- I just need to let you know that the Department for Education have made the decision that Hope Community School, will, uh, Northfleet, which was due to open on the site over there, um, will not open in 2018. Um, the department, um, it's due to um, statistical figures that have come out from Kent on the projected number of children for the next four years. And um, despite the department's assurances and telling us to open, you know, and start recruiting in, um, in all, last, uh, late August this year, um, they now, the figures show that there will be um, a sufficient places without building the new school in 2018, and they're even um, uh, projecting a surplus of places in 2019. So basically the project is on hold um, until Kent decide, um, or sorry, the Department for Education um, decide to go ahead with it. Of course, we're, we're really disappointed. We're, you know, this is something we've worked three year, well, over three years for. Um, just want to say a, a huge thank you for all your support, um, your prayers, those of you who have been actually able to um, you know, get out in the streets. And, um, but I do believe that nothing is wasted and that God does, um, to, you know, um, all things work together for good. It's been a sad week. We'd got 40 parents who'd made applications, 20 of those. We were their first choice. Um, So we'd done well on the applications, um, but um, government departments have to choose how to spend money. So a big thank you um, to all of you for your support. This is a, a hard moment, a um, hard moment for all of us as a church. Uh, it's been particularly hard for Kim and I. Um, and uh, we first knew this uh, likely reality just over two weeks ago. Um, and we fought really hard behind the scenes uh, with others helping us. Um, we've got many people who, who are very disappointed, not just ourselves, that this is not opening. Um, obviously imagine what that means in the Garden City and the development of all that. So, so there's, there's a lot of, uh, I would say, concern, confusion and stuff. Um, they, I'll just say that there will be a meeting um, that's being arranged with the Department for Education uh, for January to talk about the, the, the future of the project. The, the technical term is it's on pause. Um, so, um, and so pray towards that um, particularly and that, that's uh, we will be involved in that meeting as Eastgate, not just as New Generation Schools Trust, which I think is uh, something different, because that's up until now what we've been, and we're very much part of New Generation Schools Trust. Um, Kim was, is on the board of that multi-academy trust, and we've been heavily involved with that. <coughs> so in one sense, we've been involved as new, part of New Generation Schools Trust, but this time around, actually, we will be involved uh, as Eastgate alongside that, which I think is uh, significant. 
Um, so I just wanted to commend my wife. Um, she heard the news on a... She heard the news on a Friday morning, first thing on a Friday morning, um, and she was due to lead worship uh, for the day school that day. And uh, so she took the news and she came and led worship, because that's the right thing to do. And then uh, she phoned me. Uh, I was at home trying to do work at home. It somewhat disrupted my day, to say the least, because this is something that's, that's so deep in our hearts and something, when you work towards something for a number of years, and then just the investment in it, which is thousands and thousands of hours and energy and time and stuff like that. Um, and uh, so I honestly think there's a sense of loss at this moment. Which is, so it's a morning, and I think that's, that would be true for, for us as a church. There's a sense of loss at this precise moment. Um, and then, but we need to put that in the picture of, of plenty of reason for rejoicing. Am I going to mirror on here, Patrick? Will that work? You can bring that you can have one more thing, of course you can. Ooh, there we go. I do That's want right. to just say um, the, just a big thank you to the team at SIDCUP. Um, those guys, they, they have really fought hard. Um, a lot of those have put in you know, many, many um, out, uh, volunteer hours, hours more than they work. And um, you know, they didn't, we didn't take this line down. We really did you know, do everything we could, and they did everything that they could. Um, to, to get this project, there, there was a lot of work that went on, and um, we really we got the final decision uh, this Monday just gone, um, and um, and we've been trying to turn that around, uh, but we haven't succeeded. Um, and I think yeah, it's been been a, a tough. I would say it's a tough patch for Kim and I too. It's tough for a lot of people involved. Um, Kim has invested <laughs> three years of life in this, which is is not easy. But I'm thinking, you know what, sometimes you can think, well, is, is, it, is that wasted? Or the Bible, Bible um, when it talks about worship, the Bible, actually, that, that word worship can be, be translated with another word, which is, do you know, it's Romans 12. It says, this is your act of worship, actually, an act of service. And I just thought, you know what, if we're serving God when we're doing this, it's, it's worship. If we're not serving God, it's just hard work. And it's wasted work. But if we're serving God, it's worship. And you know what I want to say? We've had thousands of hours of worship that have been dedicated. And that is never lost. Because that rises up to heaven and it is active at this moment in time. <laughs> so I thought, you know, we don't go away on a Sunday and say, hmm, just wasted an hour. What else could I have done with that hour? It, no, we're, we're engaging with God, and I think this, this is really important to, to understand that. And I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful. Um, when early, early days of my Christianity, um, when I was still a reasonably baby Christian, when I was a teenager, um, somehow I got, got the verse Romans 8:28 into my system that God works all things together for good for those who love Him and called according to His purposes. And I've lived with that ever since. And it just is probably the key verse that, that helps me overcome disappointment. Yeah, no, I'm just great with that. So for 40 years now, because in life you face disappointments, we do, you know. And this is this is so I want to say this is disappointing, very disappointing. But I refuse to live in a place of disappointment. Um, because what the Bible says, it's in, in Romans 5, it says actually that, that um, suffering, which is, it is a sense of suffering, that suffering produces 
perseverance. Now, perseverance is, is not instant gratification, which is, I think, is a word that we, we, so uh, we believe in the goodness of God. There's many great testimonies here, but actually, perseverance is a really important part of Christianity because perseverance produces character, and there's something about. This, this, this produces character in us as a church and in, in us as individuals. Character produces hope, it says, and hope doesn't disappoint. Now, this is, so we, we now actually apply hope in that sense against all hope to hope. And that, that's what Abraham, it says, Abraham in Romans chapter 4, it says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And then, and that's it. So I'm, I'm thinking, right, okay, so I, 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 during worship, I went to the back, and I thought, do you know what I'm going to see over there? A school. I refuse to say, oh, barren land. I mean, no, I have to raise my vision above that and say, I'm still seeing a school. That's vision. And I went, at the end of the day, you know, this morning meeting, I want you individually to do the, go there and say, see a school. Don't see disappointment. You know, you could look at it physically, you could see disappointment, or you could see a school. Huh. So, I've got, well, you can see my notes here, this is fun. This is, uh, this is, this, this is, a, real exper- this is a real experiment. I, uh, it's, it's, I have edited them. <laughs> mourning and rejoicing. Because you know, the Bible says, um, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And that's going on at the moment, because there are some extraordinary things happening here in Eastgate. <laughs> so, so Kim and I, it'd it, it be tough. So we said, "What should we do yesterday?" Kim and I thought, "Well, because we, uh, just sitting around at home isn't, isn't necessarily <laughs> helping us." Um, so we took ourselves off to London. Decided we'd go and have a look round. Went round, see the sights, the Christmas stuff in London, and um, <clears throat> we, we got to Covent Garden. And it, it, it was packed everywhere in London yesterday. It was just packed, 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 packed. And, and if you know Covent Garden, Covent Garden at Christmas is packed. So we squeezed in, and we went to have a, a glass of gold, get a glass of mulled wine somewhere. We didn't find it there, so we just took ourselves off, and we were walking through. There's a little alleyway between the sort of the, the different courtyards at Covent Garden, if you know. We we're walking through this little alleyway, and we're all dressed up, and everybody's got their hats and scarves on and coats. And then somebody passes by, and they go, "Whoa!" And I, I, we'd gone past them, hadn't we? I didn't notice. <laughs> and they said, "Hey, Pete!" And I think, "Who's that?" And I looked. I thought, "Who's that?" And I thought, "Oh, it's my sister." Now they were down from Norfolk visiting, they're walking around London for the day celebrating my brother-in-law's birthday. Are we going, let me say, what what are the chances? Well, there's no chance of that happening. I didn't even notice them as I went by because we head down, uh, even when I first turned, I thought, who's that? Because she got, that's my sister. I mean, and it was just one of those things, oh, oh, wow. Wow, God is with us. So we then actually then had a, we had a lovely time meal with them, and then they, they told us some stories, and we were just we, we were feeding each other off, you know, and they were telling us. And this is a story that really touched my heart. Um, well, I'll tell you two stories from their, their environment right now. They've got so some of you have been involved in this because we, we sent a mission team to their church last February, and then some others have been up there doing some, some work with them. Did anybody go on that team? Sasha, you've been up there, haven't you? Yeah, so within the last two weeks, they've got a young man who's had extraordinary news. He, he's actually got, uh, was diagnosed with a uh, very uh, aggressive 
brain cancer. Um, was given a year to live just about a year or so ago. He's had chemotherapy and, and other stuff going on. He had a, his review um, within the last two weeks, and when they had the review, they said they can't find any sign of cancer in it. No. <laughs> And I think this, this young man, his young man, he's engaged to be married. His father was with him, so they're saying, so what, what are you saying this is? And they were sort of being very professional about it. So are you, is it, you know, well, we don't know. Are you saying this is a miracle? Oh, well, I'm not quite sure. But uh, 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 like they said, and, and, you know, he will continue under medical care, which is correct. But they said, you know, if, he's, if he is clear in five years' time, we will have no choice but to call this a miracle. Okay. Then they told me another story, which, which touched my heart in another way. There was uh, not, not somebody in, in their church, but somebody they know, a, um, a man who's uh, in leadership for church, um, and uh, whose wife had cancer. And uh, uh, they used to come here to the healing centre. Um, and um, she, she didn't get healed, and she died within the last, within the, within the last year, I think. Within the last year. And uh, they were talking to him recently, and he was actually recently down at the Heaven and Healthcare Conference, and he was telling them about the Friday morning worship that happened here when God was here. And he said, it wasn't just good worship time, he said, no, Holy Spirit was here. Now, we've talked about that that time. Then he said, he said that, and this, I think he told them this before, but he said, you know what? <coughs> you know, if my wife could be raised from the dead and come back, I wouldn't want it to happen. Because I've experienced heaven at Eastgate and through Bethel and I know what she's now enjoying and I wouldn't want her to come back you've got the two things sitting side by side there what's the common factor? heaven heaven on earth and actually heaven because there is no, and sometimes we have to hope beyond the immediate now um, I thought isn't that, isn't that amazing? And I just thought, wow, I feel so privileged that, that somebody would actually... I don't, not, not, we're not the only factor, but he's, he tricksly mentioned Eastgate. He says he just loves coming to Eastgate and, and how grateful he is. But I thought, wow, if, people, if we can provide that, that, that you know, people experience, literally experience heaven on earth, and that gives them something, the strength and hope that goes beyond the grave, you know, that, that is powerful beyond measure, is it not? So... What, yeah, what do we apply to that? Hope. And um, I've just, yeah, I've got so many things I'd like to, to, to say out of this, but uh, when uh, the story of Lazarus is when I was teaching on that again recently in, in school, and I preached out to see that. We were at New Generation Church two weeks, two Sundays ago, on the, just two days after we got the news. So I was preaching there, and I preached on the story of Lazarus. And in the story of Lazarus, Jesus says, this will not end in death. Now, I said, but it's easy to interpret something like that as Lazarus won't die. But that's not what Jesus said, and that's not what happened. Actually, Lazarus did die. Now, I would suggest to you that if you follow that story through, that was a very confusing, difficult time for the disciples when Jesus actually said, he's dead. And Jesus said, this won't end in death. So they were facing up with a harsh reality, and uh, I, thought, I thought God said something. Yeah? Well, what did God say? It won't end in death. And it didn't. But 
you face death. Do you understand? This, this is, this, 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 how you handle this sort of thing is you're facing a reality with a hope that goes beyond that reality. And we need to be careful to we, we hear God correctly and interpret it correctly, not in a... Because you know, God, the reason we, we, we're doing this is because God told us to. <laughs> you know, Paul Bungie, myself, Kim, heard from God on exactly the same day about a free school. Didn't know anything about it, did we? And we've engaged in it. So, and it's not different to what happened here with these gates. So, sorry, I'm just finding my story back onto there. Um, because back in 2004, um, we had another amazing project with a school in Longfield where we were going to build uh, basically a massive auditorium alongside a new school building and we were going to be part of this whole school campus. There is, there is a church and I was a governor at that school and very excited about all this. We'd raised half a million pounds towards it as a church and I, did, I, did, I did. And I went to a governor's meeting to see the architectural plans for the new school and I said, where's our hall? And they said, oh, it's not happening. That's the first I knew about it. I thought, what? And I was, so, I was so shocked, I didn't know what to do. I thought, man, I'm, this is... Well, not, I was more than shocked, I was a bit cross, to be honest. And, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, not be funny, when you're in Bremen, actually, and stuff, because there is... It's not, un, it's not unrighteous to feel anger about this. But we don't direct that anger towards people. We actually have to work out what to do. You know, um, and... Uh, I was so shocked, and I, I felt a real, I felt I was in real quandary as, 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 you know, one of the church leaders that we'd led a church in this direction, and all of a sudden nothing happening. And I was confused, and I went out, I remember going out that, 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 that evening, uh, or sometime there, and I'm walking out in the fields around the ice cream we've got, and saying, look, God, I really don't get this. This really does not make sense whatsoever. And I feel right, right, what's it right now? Because I've led the church towards this. Um, and then, but at the end of the day, I say, okay, but I trust you. You work all things for good. Within two weeks, we'd had a prophecy that God said he'd place us at the east gate to the city. Within two weeks. Now, see, what we could have had, we could have actually been a church sitting over there in Longfield right now, having a great time. We'd have never have joined the two churches. We wouldn't be sitting here at the East Gate to the city. We wouldn't have the opportunities we have. But we would think we were having a great time. But it wasn't, it wasn't, God's, it wasn't, God, wasn't God's purpose. Now, what I'm saying is, is I'm trusting God for something more. And I don't know what that looks like yet. Because you have to keep trusting in that moment. You've got, really. So... And again, I just say this week, I just, I'll you know, heavenly healthcare is just exploding all over the place, right? We've got stories going on this right and centre. Um, I'm going to lead a mission up to, to my brother-in-law's church in Wyndham in, in February. Uh, we're going to have our first external heavenly healthcare event up there on, on a Saturday. We've just got details that we'll be doing a um, heavenly healthcare conference in South Africa in June. Um, um, <laughs> we've got stories coming here, there and everywhere. And for me, it's, it's the story of, of, of a battle for a beachhead. Um, and I think that's really important to understand. We know we, for, for Eastgate, one of the most important um, prophetic words we have is, is about being a beachhead for freedom. And I, I realized recently that I was, narrowing, I was interpreting that too narrowly, just as the whole of Eastgate. But I thought, 
It's true for the whole of Eastgate, but it's also true for areas where we're trying to break through. And it's like in heaven and healthcare, it's like we've been on the beach, you know, pinned down by machine guns, and all of a sudden we're, we're out off the beachhead and we're running around the French countryside trying to create freedom. I, that, that's, that's the picture I've got. I think education, we've still got machine guns pinning us down. So we're still fighting for a beach. So, so that's right. So it's, that's that sense. We're fighting on that front, but we're not going to give up. Okay, let's have a look at Romans chapter 4. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. How long did Abraham have to hope for his promise to come true? 25 years was, was the answer. 25 years. <laughs> I'm not believing for 25 years, but I'm just to say... It, uh, he was given a promise, but look at this, verse 19, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. You can, so I refuse to weaken my faith, but I'm not frightened of facing the facts. Denial doesn't help us, it really doesn't. So we face the facts, it says since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. Isn't this, this is a moment where you can be strengthened in your faith. It's a choice right now. What was faith? Faith is trust. Trusting God. I'm going to choose to trust God and I'm going to make my faith grow at this moment in time. This is not a moment to doubt God. This is a moment to trust. And what the Bible says is that our faith will be tested. Because actually it's worth more than gold. God wants to give us something that's worth more than gold. He wants to give us breakthroughs. He didn't waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Isn't that great to say, gave glory to God? Now this is well, like being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. Has God got power to do what he promised? Yes. Amen. He certainly has. Okay. And there's that Romans 5 one up at services worship. Let me just, I want to flip back to um, Exodus 13. There we go. Do you know when, when the Israelites ended up at the Red Sea... Actually, tell you what, that gives it away. I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> you know the answer if I live there. <laughs> I'll go sneaky. When the Israelites ended up at the Red Sea, how did they get to the Red Sea? What was the problem? Who chased them to the Red Sea? The Egyptians? So was it just enemy action that got them in a corner? No, actually it's not. It basically it says this. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go. God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. Now if you look at the map the land through the Philistine country is dry land. It's at the top. The Red Sea, there's a, there's a bit you could go through. God didn't lead them the easy way. Why? Though that was shorter. I like short. <laughs> Broadly speaking, I like short. For God said, if they face war they might change their minds and return to Egypt. They weren't ready. They needed, I'm really booming, they they needed to be convinced of God's power. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. Now it says the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. They had all the equipment, but I don't think they had the mentality. No, they had had the swords and the shields, but they were slaves. They, They had no idea how to fight. And against an Egyptian army, they would really not do very well. See, the Egyptian army probably would have caught up with them on dry land. When they got to the Red Sea, who's protecting them? What they got behind them? God, pillar of fire, cloud of 
Yep, yeah, there's God with them. God led them there. And I want you to imagine, I was, when, again, I went over there, this morning, I, was, I was imagining a, a Red Sea between me and that plot of land. And God's led us here. He's thinking, thanks. <laughs> thanks very much. Thanks. It's not far, but it seems a long way. Do you see, it's not far. It's about 20 yards. We think, that seems a long way distant at the moment. How are you going to get there? Well, this is fascinating because actually, um, I've been reading the story again. God says he's going to do it, but who has to take the action? Yeah, it's interesting. It says that, that Moses had to hold out his hands. Now, do you know, and how, how long did it take for the Red Sea to part, do you know? All night, it says. Actually, all night. Because I think sometimes we, we, we look at it and you see, you see the Cecil B. DeMille, you know, <laughs> within a few seconds, it, 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 it just, it's, it, it, the, the Bible doesn't say that. It says, Moses held out his hands and then all night God put the waters back. I don't think, he doesn't say Moses had to hold his hands out all, all night. I don't think he did. I think he had to do something. He, he, he demonstrated his faith in God and then God, then they walked through on dry land. But not just that, what happened? All their enemies got consumed. And our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, it's, a, it's, it's against spiritual powers. I believe this is a moment when we can defeat spiritual powers, the unseen realm, by our faith, by our determination, by our hope, because they'd love us, they'll try and rob us. I just thought, you are not robbing me of my hope. Kim has been, I would say, absolutely outstanding. You know, we had, we had, we had um, yeah, all sorts of things. <laughs> Each one of us has actually been leading worship and leading in different dimensions while we've been battling through this stuff. I just thought, you know what? You are not going to stop me worshipping. You're just not going to do it. Services, worship. How about this? Okay, Romans chapter 15. Look at this. This is a great verse. I love this verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Wow. And peace. As what? How are you going to get joy and peace in the middle of this? As you trust in him. It doesn't happen. Just Some people say, oh, I'm not feeling the peace of God. I'm trying. No, you've got to trust him. It's not going to come passively. It's, there's a sense of, right, okay. And our joy and our peace will be maintained. So even in my, I, had, you know, I was on a conference call with, with, with the Department for Education. And at the end, I thanked them for their help. And I said, this must be disappointing for them as well. And, and I just assure them of our determination for the future success of this school. Because that's the right thing to do. You know, I don't think their job's easy. I don't think they wanted to make this decision. I think they're up against it. Do you know, so, you know what I'm saying? So, so it would be wrong of us to actually condemn them. You know. Now, I can question some of the, you know, ways things have happened and all stuff but but that doesn't leave me anywhere great this is is the way I I trust God it says so what so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit we need to be the ones who are overflowing with hope into this situation so what I want to do I want us to stand and sing a song I want us to sing you're the God of miracles 
Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great song, and it was written by a guy called Chris Collard. It's called The God of Miracles. And this, he wrote this after the, his uh, third child, I think it was, was stillborn in the womb. And um, he, he made a choice of what he's going to believe. So I've been using this all weekend. Because <laughs> there's a declaration, you're the God of miracles. It says, so it's one who brings the dead to life. Yeah. Uh, and so I want us to sing this. Cause I, 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 in one sense, I don't want us praying for the school. I want us declaring who God is. Yeah, this, that's the key issue, right? This, this moment in time, who is God? Is he the God of miracles? I believe he is. I've told you some miracles today. We've got quantum miracles. There we go. There we go, that's it. It was his confession that God is good and he works wonders. We're going to sing it all over again. <laughs> now, uh, a friend of mine, Dick Mills, this is, this is it. This is he's it. with the Lord now, but he told Listen me to this. years ago he's really being harassed by the devil. So he got two chairs, made them face each other in a room. He said, Devil, sit down. I'm going to worship God, and you're going to watch me. <laughs> and if you knew Dick, you knew that's exactly how he would do it. So remember? We've come here with all kinds of opportunities, open doors, levels of favor. We've come with all kinds of challenges. We've come with all kinds of problems. We've come with all kinds of stuff. Not like if there's any way you can do it, just stick all of it right in front of you. We don't need greater strategies. We don't need, I believe in it, but we need Him. We need the Almighty God to be so present upon us, with us, in us, through us, all around us. And I don't know, we may sing this for another hour, except we probably exhaust the team, but I, I want us to sing this song for a while. I want to start at the beginning. And I want you to take everything you can think of that you're facing. That's a challenge. That's an impossibility. I want you to look at it solid and then begin to declare that our God is the God of miracles. Our God is the God of miracles. Let's do that, shall we? You are the God of miracles. 